Welcome to the Responsible Finance Podcast, the official podcast of the Responsible Finance and Investment Foundation. I am Blake Hood, the CEO of the RFI Foundation, a global nonprofit organization working to build awareness, promote research, and encourage convergence in the responsible finance industry, including socially responsible investment, ESG, Islamic finance, and impact investment. The purpose of the Responsible Finance Podcast is to connect you to the leaders behind innovative approaches to creating positive social impact in responsible finance. In this podcast, we talk to Justin Sykes, Managing Director of Invest Advisory, a boutique advisory firm focused on the social enterprise sector. Invest works to bring private investors seeking both financial returns and a clear and measurable social impact. This positive impact comes through investing in social businesses in some of the most challenging parts of the world using market-based approaches. One of these social enterprises is Ka International Microfinance Service, KIMS, which delivers Sharia-compliant microfinance across urban areas in Somalia. KIMS, which was recently awarded the Ethical Finance Innovation Challenge and Award, Africa by Thomson Reuters and Abu Dhabi Islamic Bank, has grown rapidly from its first branch in Somaliland and now covers most of the country with 11 branches in Somaliland, Puntland, and South Central. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Justin. Can you please introduce yourself and, and Kim's as well? Uh, and congratulations for winning the Africa Award. Thank you very much indeed, Blake. Uh, yeah, it's a, a pleasure to, to, to join you today and to, to do this podcast. Um, my name is Justin Sykes, and I'm the uh, Managing Director of, uh, of Invest Advisory. Um, Invest Advisory is a boutique uh, consultancy firm, uh, and we uh, basically uh, look to link um, private investors that have aspirations to achieve um, investments that don't just have a financial return, but have a clear and measurable social and environmental impact. And we look to link these types of investors with high social impact programs uh, on the ground, uh, social businesses on the ground. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been doing this for the last uh, three years now and uh, building up an increasing profile of uh, fascinating clients and also extremely interesting um, social enterprises that we work with uh, on the ground in some of the most challenging parts of the world um, that they're changing lives every day through market-based approaches. And Kim's Microfinance is one of our partners uh, in Somalia. Hey, can you explain sort of how you got connected to them, how, uh, how CA, the money transfer business, got involved in the microfinance uh, business as well, and I guess also where Islamic finance uh, fits in? Great, yeah. So um, the relationship that we have with, with Kim's actually goes beyond, uh, goes, is before Invest Advisory and to a previous role that I, I held uh, working for a private foundation of the, the royal family out in Qatar. Uh, I was working there for five years and the foundation called uh, Silatech uh, was focused on job creation for, uh, for Arab youth. Um, Somalia was one of their partner countries. And typically, uh, I, I was leading out the enterprise development portfolio of Silotech. Uh, and typically, uh, the, the, the foundation would, would do market entry by identifying uh, uh, well-run incumbent social enterprises that uh, had a good track record in the country and had uh, interest in partnering to scale up uh, their achievements. When it came to Somalia, 
we really struggled to find an incumbent social enterprise that was both commercially viable and socially oriented. Um, and uh, as a result, we, we basically looked to try and find a strategic partner for market entry. Um, and in uh, cooperation with the American Refugee Committee, um, we were introduced to um, Car Express, uh, which is based in Dubai and is a, a money transfer company for the Somali diaspora. And um, we very much uh, uh, were, felt that we, we had a similar um, strategic direction uh, between Silatech, American Refugee Committee, and the management and ownership of, of Car Express, um, because the feeling was, how could a money transfer company that remits um, tens of millions of dollars a year from the Somali diaspora worldwide back to Somalia actually add value through its, uh, through its business operations to the longer term economic uh, development of Somalia? Um, and um, I'd done previous work uh, in the Philippines and also in, in Yemen working with money transfer companies that uh, basically transform themselves from purely money transfer companies into full service um, microfinance banks. And in the case of Yemen, that was an Islamic microfinance bank, uh, a money transfer company that converted into a, a, an Islamic microfinance bank. So we'd seen these models worldwide and uh, basically pitched this idea to the owners of Car Express and said, look, there's an opportunity here that Somalia is one of the most uh, on one level, it's one of the most, uh, has the highest levels of financial inclusion because every family in Somalia is, is, can access, uh, pretty much can access um, remittances from their extended family abroad. But it has one of the, the narrowest uh, in terms of depth of financial uh, inclusion. Only 5% of entrepreneurs in, in Somalia have access to formal finance. So we really made the case to, to, to Kai Express that they could use their existing brand their customers and their in-country infrastructure and staff um, to uh, basically create a spin-off social enterprise, uh, which would be a, an Islamic uh, microfinance institution to serve this huge unmet demand uh, for broad, a broader set of financial services beyond remittance, including enterprise credit, savings, and potentially down the line, full uh, insurance. So uh, that was 2013 when the three parties got together and conceived this idea. Um, and um, we managed to raise some, some donor funding from, uh, from UK DFID and also from uh, the Department of International Development and also a multi-donor trust fund, the African Enterprise Challenge Fund. And with these two uh, anchor donors, uh, the life was, was uh, breathed into the project. And uh, after, after around nine months of design uh, and setup, uh, the, uh, the business, um, Car International Microfinance Services, or KIMS, uh, was launched in, uh, in March 2014. Fantastic. Uh, what, what would be a, a typical type of business that gets financing from KIMS? And, and what size are their typical financing requirements starting out? Right. Uh, so yeah. So so Kim's basically has has two main lines of of Islamic financing. Um, it it uh, it provides uh, murabaha financing to to micro entrepreneurs, which are very much um, you know small uh, income generating projects of low income but economically active uh, households. 
Um, and these could be, you know, uh, market stalls, home-based businesses, um, small uh, corner shops, uh, small retailers. Um, so, so these these typically are around uh, an average of one thousand uh, dollars requirement in terms of financing. And as as a Marabaha financing, mostly this is in the form of um, of stock. Um, or some other small asset, uh, such as equipment or machinery, uh, that the 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 the, the, the micro business needs to, to basically grow its its current business. So that's uh, that's one main um, financing product. And then the second one is is a is a larger loan product uh, or financing product, sorry, that uh, that um, is targeting a small and medium sized enterprises. And these are typically formal businesses that have um, uh, have a track record um, in terms in terms of of, of um, uh, client base and and, uh, and revenue and uh, some basic financial records, and they may be able to mobilise some form of collateral. Whereas the micro enterprises typically do not uh, have any form of collateral. So these these SME loans, uh, SME financing um, is uh, is around ten thousand, uh, average around ten thousand dollars. How much has Kim's financed uh, so far, and what's the total potential demand, both in uh, Somaliland, where I think a lot of activity has been focused, and then broadly across Somalia, which uh, Kim's uh, has now expanded into? Yeah, so starting operations, in, as I say, in March 2014, uh, in one branch in Hergesa, the capital of Somaliland, Kim's has expanded from that initial uh, pilot branch to now... 11 branches throughout the Somali territories. So uh, not only in Somaliland, but also in Puntland and South Central. And cumulatively, um, uh, Kim's has, has financed now over eight, uh, around eight and a half thousand um, uh, small and micro enterprise clients with a cumulative uh, investment portfolio of over $8 million. And as of today, the active uh, client base um, is uh, is uh, around um, uh, three and a half uh, three and a half thousand uh, clients, uh, and that's uh, that's over two point six million dollars in active uh, active portfolio, um, and that's reasonably equally spread across uh, across the branches. And I think it's it's interesting that. Um, Kims are seeing some of the highest levels of demand now coming um, in the, the southern parts of the country. So Mogadishu and then right down south in the Jubaland region, um, where uh, what you're seeing is that, that for many years, these, these areas were areas of conflict and then areas that were under the control of uh, Al-Shabaab. And as these areas have been liberated and stabilized, um, there's been very little, you know, economic activity as a result of the conflict and the occupation have been uh, uh, have, have been significantly restricted, and now um, you're seeing huge demand um, for uh, for business startup, business expansion. So very very high demand there. A bigger picture, um, Kim's did some uh, some market uh, the, the, the the consortium I mentioned, Silatec American Refugee Committee, and Kim's did some market analysis work or market, market demand supply analysis in 2013. And uh, they surveyed uh, small business, small and micro business owners in Puntland, Somaliland and, uh, and South Central Somalia. And they found that about uh, only uh, less than 5% uh, 
of um, of those interviewed, uh, those those uh, businesses interviewed, had uh, access to to formal uh, enterprise financing. So, um, you know, huge un, 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 untapped market. And when you extrapolate uh, that survey sample nationally, um, you're talking about a, um, over a million uh, micro and small businesses across the country uh, that uh, potentially could. Um, could could be uh, interested in, in, in accessing credit, uh, in, in accessing financing. When you sort of take out typically those that, that may not have suitable business plans and the, the, the screening criteria of the institution, even at the most um, uh, conservative levels, uh, we're still talking about maybe more than, uh, more than a quarter of a million uh, businesses that uh, currently cannot get access to finance that would be credit, credit worthy. So when you translate that into portfolio, that's hundreds of millions of dollars of unmet financing. So uh, in short, there's a huge unmet demand. And you were mentioning that uh, as uh, Kim's has moved further south, there's been issues in post-conflict areas and, and there's been uh, sort of continuing on and off conflict. How, how does Kim's address uh, the changing security environment in different parts of Somalia and, and uh, making sure that you're accessing clients, protecting staff. Exactly. So, you know, that I think in any fragile state, that's a challenge. Uh, I think the counter narrative to that is, however unstable a country, you know, uh, you know, families need to put food on the table and there is a demand for, for ethically, um, ethically structured, appropriately priced financial services, um, that are Sharia compliant. So, um, you know, typically, uh, Kim's, you know, is, is working in an urban context. Um, uh, the, some of the rural areas are, are, are still remain uh, unstable, and therefore, moving the business from uh, the social business from 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 urban areas to rural areas is is you know is, is being done very slowly. Uh, and those urban areas, yes, while there are isolated insecurity incidents, uh, for, and you know, some of them, you know, like recently in Mogadishu, can be very large. Um, they, you know, by the by, you know, life goes on and business, business have needs for, uh, have, have requirements for, for financing. So, uh, broadly the security situation is, has, has been manageable to date and continues to be. Um, and, uh, you know, you'd think that in, in, in a, an environment where there are, you know, insecurity is, is a, is a, uh, an element of, of, of doing business that that may impact on. Um, the quality of the portfolio and the payment rates of, of clients. But ironically, uh, that's not the case. Um, and, and Kim's, despite a, a challenging environment, uh, has been able to maintain a uh, very high portfolio quality um, with less than 2% uh, non-performing uh, financing uh, from the clients, um, which is, you know, basically that is international, uh, up, up with international standards of, 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 uh, of microfinance. In terms of building the cumulative eight eight million dollars uh, in the portfolio, how has that growth been funded to date, and how do you see that funded as you uh, try to address the the market of you know fifty, hundred, hundreds of millions uh, of potential potential customers? Great question. So, so I'd see sort of Kim's is um, I sort of divide Kim's into into where it's come from. Um, and where it's going to, and you know, given 
this idea of, of basically a, 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 a privately owned, commercially um, oriented social enterprise offering um, responsible and ethical Sharia compliant financing for low income but economically active populations. Given that whole idea was, 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 was brand new to the market, was untested and unproven, um, the, the business has basically operated um, since um, 2013 on a combination of, of donor funding um, combined with retained earnings. So as a social enterprise, it's not, it's, 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 uh, it's revenue generating because it's operating as a commercial business, but any profit that it generates is not going as dividends to shareholders. It's being reinvested back into the social mission of the business. So a combination of donor funding and retained earnings has basically powered the business to date. Um, and that, you know, I think that really has enabled the business to go from a standing start to where it is today um, in, in, you know, around, uh, from, yeah, around sort of three, three and a half years of operation. Um, where it needs to go, I think it requires, and this is work in progress, a very different business model. Because donor funding, for as much as, you know, you could look at it as, as technically free money, um, is never really free because it comes with a lot of conditionality. So certain donors may have certain requirements for uh, the money to be spent in particular geographies, on particular thematic uh, areas such as agriculture or fisheries uh, or population cohorts such as uh, refugees or internally displaced peoples or youth or women or ex-combatants. And those criteria um, may not always be aligned with the commercial priorities of the business. Um, so, you know, there's always an opportunity cost associated with donor funding. And also donor funding um, may not be particularly uh, stable uh, that, you know, one year, the flavor of the month, you know, the donor's priority may be women's economic empowerment. Uh, the project is then uses their resources successfully and demonstrates results. And Kim's may want to go back to them and say, look, look what we've done. Could we double down on that and, 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 and take a large amount from you and scale up success? But the donor may turn around and say, well, that was last year's priority under our new strategy. Our focus now is on um, uh, livelihoods for ex-pirates, for example. So it's very difficult to, to, for a business to kind of change and mold itself to donor priorities. So really now where Kim's is and on the back of its, its success over the last three years, uh, its award, the Africa um, Ethical Finance Innovation Award that it won in Dubai uh, uh, last month. Um, Kim's is now uh, looking uh, to, to uh, move from a startup phase into a growth phase and is actively engaging with and seeking uh, strategic um, Islamic social investors um, who basically would be interested in um, taking equity positions in Kim's or um, becoming uh, uh, partners in profit and loss sharing um, investments into uh, the portfolio, whether that be the overall portfolio or you know, maybe specific portfolios like Kim's has, for example, its fisheries portfolio or a new um, financing product that's coming on screen in the next couple of months, which is an off-grid solar uh, financing um, product for um, low-income households to be able to afford um, solar solar uh, electricity solutions. So, um, yeah, so this is, this is where Kim's is at now. 
and the target is to raise uh, around $25 million um, over the next three to four years uh, from um, uh, strategic, uh, strategic investors. In addition to the strategic investors that you're looking to attract, is there, a, uh, is there an effort to engage with uh, the providers of, of funds through the money transfer service to, to fund any of the portfolio where they're sending back home for their extended family? Uh, is there an effort to uh, allow that to be, to be provided into a financing portfolio if they didn't need it uh, immediately? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, amazing investment from, from, from interested third parties is, is, is certainly one, um, one part of the overall business plan. Uh, but as you rightly point out, uh, Car Express is the parent company, um, has uh, around uh, or over 100,000 active clients that remit, you know, pretty much on a monthly basis. Um, uh, from uh, over uh, forty um, over forty countries around the world, um, so you know this this is basically there's an inherent value um, that that Kim's could seek to to tap into in its uh, in its parent company, um, whereby we could look to try and construct um, an investment um, uh, an investment product. So when the, uh, the, the Somali, the, the client, the, the Somali diaspora client of Car Express goes into the branch in, in Minneapolis or in uh, the east end of London or in Stockholm uh, or in Nairobi to send back their, you know, $200 a month remittance to their extended family in Hagesa or Mogadishu or Kismai or Gedo. Um, at that uh, point of sale, they could be uh, offered a, um, a diaspora um, uh, economic, uh, a Somali economic in investment um, product. So it's basically a diaspora investment product, which you know they they could commit perhaps a portion of their their monthly remittance to go into, and and really this this is interesting because you then start to to offer a a, a multi, I'd say a sort of multi win strategy to to all parties. So for Kim's, um, obviously, it's a, it's a, a way of raising uh, capital um, for its, uh, to expand its portfolio from a friendly audience that, uh, you know, they already have a relationship through, through the parent company. Um, for for Car Express as a parent company, it's an opportunity to, to attract a broader set of customers because they're offering a, a, new, a new financial product. Uh, for the customers of, of Kim's, uh, so for the customers of Car Express and other Somali diaspora, it's uh, also a way in which um, they're, they're being offered an investment product which currently fills a gap in the market. Um, it is uh, right now, um, you know, most diaspora do not you know, put money in, a, in an interest-bearing bank account in, in the West because it's not Sharia compliant. And there are relatively few products available that are Sharia compliant. Um, and on the other hand, the other investment opportunities they have back in Somalia are typically extremely high risk. You know, investing in a, in a cousin's uh, uh, camel milk farm, for example, with a potential for 100% return or 200% return, but also, you know, it's extremely high risk and, and there's a chance they can lose everything. So this type of investment product sits between the two and it really is um, a, a, you know, lower risk 
but obviously lower re- yield investment product, but it can genuinely be proven to have a, a, um, a direct impact on um, economic development in Somalia. And then I think this is the really last really interesting aspect. Um, what we found from our surveys of the Somali diaspora is that there are you know, very clear social and religious obligations associated with remitting that money back uh, to, to extended family in Somalia. And despite these obligations, many of the remitters are frustrated because they feel that their extended family are using a lot of these remittances just for uh, consumption purposes that are actually creating dependency and preventing the extended family from going out and being more economically productive. So this type of of diaspora investment uh, bond or or investment product um, could then actually be used by the extended family to persuade, uh, by by the remitters to persuade their extended family to um, approach Kim's for um, an investment to finance a a small business project rather than purely be reliant on the the, the, the remittance for for, um, subsidizing their their lifestyle. Um, Of course, that's not to say that a lot of remittances is is keeping families in, in, in in food and, and, and uh, in a survival situation, particularly in the drought context. But in the cases where it is um, basically just uh, uh, creating dependence, it would, it would stimulate more economically more economic productive activities amongst extended family members. Hey, you mentioned in that, uh, in that description that the focus on social impact, both on, uh, from the perspective of CA and from the remitters, how, how does Kim's measure the social impact that its financing uh, is creating? Good question. So um, at the moment, um, given that Kim's is still relatively uh, a relatively young company, the social impact measurement uh, is is um, is uh, across the board is done. Uh, I'm focusing on on a couple of key metrics, uh, which is around uh, job creation. Um, what actually happens as a result of the financing in terms of new jobs being created. And then a secondary metric that is being um, created is what is the impact of uh, the financing uh, on, uh, on the, the, the family of the, the, the business owner in terms of, of the impact on the household. Uh, and that may be including well-being in the household. It may be uh, looking at issues around uh, as a result of increased income from the business, uh, increased revenue from the business, uh, are families able to send their children to, to school, pay for school fees, pay for, pay for uh, medical costs, uh, etc. So these are, the, sort of, these are the two metrics that are being looked at right now. Um, job creation and is new job creation, um, it, it, are new jobs being created as a result of financing the, the, the client's businesses? And what is the impact of business growth on, on the, household, um, the household well-being? Um, as, as Kim's moves forward, uh, a broader set of metrics are being developed, which will be in line with some of the industry standards that uh, the microfinance industry has. For example, um, the Social Performance Task Force, um, uh, the, the smart principles, these types of industry, um, in, industry principles and industry standards, Kim's will be looking to, to, to uh, partner with these entities to receive capacity building and technical assistance to implement um, a broader set of, of um, social performance monitoring uh, um, 
such business monitoring systems. Fantastic. It sounds like there's a lot going on, a lot of big potential, and, and I hope that uh, I hope that the growth continues for, for Kim's. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Thanks again for, for joining the podcast. And uh, yeah, if do you have a website for Kim's um, that you want to share? Sure. Uh, well, thank you very much for your time, Blake, um, and the opportunity to, to join the podcast today. The website for, for Kim's is uh, www.kimsmfi.net. And uh, that will take you to their website. Uh, give you a little bit more detail about um, where they operate, what their products are, and uh, and uh, what what impact they have. Thanks again for listening to the Responsible Finance Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. If you want to stay updated about RFI's work, you can find the link to subscribe to our newsletter on our Twitter feed, at RFI Foundation. You can also follow me, at Sharing Risk. Hope you'll join us for our next podcast.